we become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all feckin' boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm worth every penny. And my name is Colin Drucker, and that's a down payment on a Ford Focus. Ooh, a great <laughs> line. I mean, Debbie at her best. Debbie. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Let, like, this, this is the day, you know, today is for Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I... I had not seen this movie for the, a very long time, and you know, I we took a big swing on a couple other movies. Not big swing, you know, but like I suggested, what was it? It wasn't Sleepless in Seattle. What did we do like right before that? Uh, something. Just looking. That I thought, oh, I guess it was Sleepless in Seattle that I yeah. was like, I remember it being good, and it was fine. But I remember this being good, and it was like even better than I remembered for all of the reasons of just like this podcast and beyond. Yeah, and uh, if, in case anybody just, you know, closes their eyes and uh, hits play, we are continuing Romantic Comedy Month with truly an excellent pick on your choice, 2005's The Wedding Date. Oh. I think this movie is such a joy. I texted you this already. I just don't know why it's not up there in the lexicon of like really great underrated rom-coms. And I don't know if it's because of Debbie Messing, but I feel like she was popular back then. I, I love the casting of her. And you know, Dermot Mulroney, I mean, he is so unbelievably sexy, even sexier than he usually is in this movie. And it's got some of our favorite women. Oh, I mean, this is, uh, you know, the top four build are, all stars as far as this podcast is concerned you know yeah. we you and i spend a fabulous season of smash mostly on patreon mm. with debbie and uh man i just love that woman i just you know one of the big realizations certainly from when harry met sally and also then sleepless in seattle was we need to be we need to be bringing flowers to Meg Ryan more often. And I think That's... on the way, we should stop and drop some roses at Debbie Messing's door. I know. And wh what is it, though? Like, what what happened in the culture? Like, why? Because I know, like, she was, like, wasn't she, like, arguing with Susan Sarandon on Twitter yes. or something? <laughs> I learned that from Lady Watch. That's how I, I know. I think that's a big part of it. I think, like, Deborah Messing on Twitter is the problem. Yeah. I think because I can't understand what people might not like about her career. You know, there's a lot of people who just hated that show, The Mysteries of Laura. I have no idea. Oh, God, I would love to watch that. I wonder what yeah. it's like. I don't know anything about it. I couldn't tell you word one about The Mysteries <laughs> of Laura. Do you yeah. want to know? It had 38 episodes. From 2014 right. to 2016, you know, a lot of a lot of dreams ended in 2016, including Debbie's. And yeah. um, do you know what the mysteries of Laura is about? Is she an investigator of some sort? Is she like a psychic? Well, I've kind of always thought that she was a psychic. According to yeah. IMDb, a New York City homicide detective cracks case after case while raising wild twin boys and locking horns with her less than helpful police de detective ex-husband. Oh. So it doesn't say anything about her being psychic, but I don't think that means that she's not. Yeah, I know. I don't know why we both thought that. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's so weird. I always thought it was like, yeah, she solves crimes because she's got like some sixth sense about things. That's the mystery of Laura. Yeah, something. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll never know. We'll never yeah, know. Yeah, and that's okay. 
Yeah. Uh, but indeed, you know, where we know her from, of course, is Smash, as I mentioned before. And uh, alongside her in Smash, uh, alum of the podcast from the talented Mr. Ripley, Jack Davenport is here. Oh, my God. Yes. As just the sweetest little goose. And truly the patron saint of this podcast, the the best supporting actress we queened out about before this podcast even existed, a fourth build Amy Adams. Isn't it wild to think that Amy Adams was just kind of coasting along, like guest starring on The Office? I think that's one of my favorite like guest spots because she truly, like she's Amy Adams now. And yeah. like, I think this is like, the rise of her and like she's great in this but she's also playing that amy adams role you know i mean it's you know i feel like there are any number of wedding movies where there's the character of the sister or the friend or the ditzy bride getting married i kind of feel like that's i don't know even you know we've done so many movies about getting people getting married you know rachel getting married uh we've done uh monsoon wedding my best friend's wedding my best friend's wedding i feel like you could compare amy and cammy d in my best friend's Uh. wedding my big um, fat Greek wedding. My so big fat things. Greek wedding. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians has a wedding. Yeah. So uh, we're no stranger to matrimony. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, for the record. But I think that Amy Adams brings, I think she brings her A game, her Amy Adams A game to what is a very familiar role in romantic comedies. I was so glad, and I guess this is this is a nod to the writing in the movie too, but I'm glad that she got to be more than just the sort of annoying sister, you know what I mean, that like mm-hmm. is marrying. It's in a, a poorly, like a more poorly written screenplay, like she would be marrying Jack Davenport and he would be like super rich or something like that. And mm-hmm. she would like rub it in um, Cat's face, that's Deborah Messing's character for everyone, and just like not have a lot of substance. But I, you're right. She, I, I see why they would have cast her in this because she can do both. Yeah. And, and she's, I feel like she in this role, I certainly am getting many shades of Ashley from Junebug. You know, use your head. And (laughs) I'm getting, it's basically like Ashley meets Leslie Miller from Drop Dead Gorgeous. I'm getting a lot of that performance too. I can see that. Yeah, it's like she kind of has to shed that skin a little bit, you know? And and I don't know, I don't know what came after this movie, but, you know, in my mind it was like maybe Enchanted was like somewhere in there as well. And she's still, but like that kind of show that she's like, she can sing and be super charming. And then it's just like smash cut to doubt in my head. Oh yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just there's obviously more in there. Cradling Meryl on a bench in the snow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let me tell you something that I don't know if we've already talked about, but I checked with my friend chat GPT and Ooh. according to chat GPT, she did appear in an episode of Jag. No Amy way. Adams. I'm here. Uh, let me tell you something. I am right here on, on Amy Adams IMDb, and I am not seeing Jack about Jag. So she was in one episode of The West Wing, which you probably saw because you're a big West Wing head. <laughs> but no. I'm never live it down. You're never going to live yeah. it down. But no, she has never been in Jag. And I think this is proof that ChatGPT is not worth its weight in pennies. Um <sighs> But GBT is a jag off. That's what I'll tell that's you. That's a jag off. That that's a jag off right there. Yin's <laughs> a jag offs. Um, yes. So here's the deal: the wedding date came out the same year as June Bug. No way. And then I think this was around the same time that she had she showed up on the office, and so like all of that happened like 2005. And then she was in Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby in 2006. Yeah. And then I feel like she was in a few tree tings. And then in 2007, she was in Enchanted. And I think that's when shit blew up. That's so interesting because I I feel like there was an interview that we like, not we, not as in you and I watched together, but like that I watched or something where she got cast in Catch Me If You Can. And right. she was like, oh my God, this is like, this is it. This is like the big movie. And I th- I've never seen that movie, actually, so I, I can't really speak. But it was, like, a smaller role, but, and she didn't expect that, like, Junebug was going to be, like, her first Oscar nomination, which I love. 
Yeah, Catch Me If You Can. She, it was in 2002. And so it was like, unless those five episodes of Dr. Vegas she was in in 2004 Whoa. were going to amount to anything. Uh, yeah, it was really all riding on Junebug. Love that. Use yeah. your head. How could I have met her? <laughs> Use your head. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Because, I, mean, I mean, lest we forget, way back in 1999, she was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Truly of a course. phenomenal debut. Yeah. And she'd also appeared. Have you ever heard of the movie Psycho Beach Party? No. Oh. Terrifying and campy at the same time. It's all like very campy, like drag queens and like very like over the top. Um, pretending to be like a 50s, you know, uh, horror movie. Anyway, uh, apparently she was in that as well. And uh, that's the end of that story. So you're welcome. (sighs) What a star. Yeah. Um, But anyway, all this talk of Amy Adams, yes, early on in her career, she appeared in The Wedding Date. What is The Wedding Date about? I hope you are about to tell us. Oh, okay. She volunteered. Oh, you want me? (laughs) I mean, my explanations are always four minutes long, and we never get anywhere. But maybe I'm going to challenge myself. I'm like, start the start the clock. Right. I mean, this is a short movie. It is. I would say, unlucky in love, Cat, our heroine played by Deborah Messing, is going to her sister, and Amy's character is actually named Amy. Uh, Amy's wedding, who she's engaged to Jack Davenport. Is it hot in here, Jack Davenport? And um, she decides, because everyone is, you know, going to ask her, why aren't you married yet? To avoid those questions, she hires an escort, played by the ever-handsome and sexy Dermot Mulrooney as Nick Mercer. And, um, spoiler alert, they kind of just fall in love with each other. But there's there's some more nuance. There's some more like subplots going on, some cheating going on that people didn't know about because Kat's uh, ex is um, Edward's best man. So, you know, we find out a couple things at the end that are pretty shocking. And I just think it's a perfect rom-com. I, I, you know, there's, I think she's a great comedic actress i think she's a great like physical comedic uh comedic actress this is debbie we're talking about and you know holland taylor's in there too a lot of great women how about that how about you know what there you go i think you you know and holland taylor is in there too there's a little bow (laughs) on it stop Um, the clock yeah two minutes and we're out well yeah so and and that is you know one of the key things is that jeffrey her ex is one of the motivators for her hiring nick because it's like i want to show up with this hot guy on my arm yeah you know make him miss me and you know it's i have to say so there's a couple things one this is i mean i i think i read in the trivia and that it doesn't quite check out but it seems to think that without the credits the movie is 78 minutes long which means the credits are very long but whoa it is but certainly the moment the movie starts you're under the 90 minute mark like you're already halfway home by the time the movie like gets you know by the time the cores start playing ah oh, love the cores in the opening credits i love the cores we may i may have tipped the orchestra to play us off Ooh, with a little bit of the cores yeah yeah so you know you better take a deep breath because uh yes. what, what we're not gonna get played off with is all of the buble in this movie <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. It's such an era of Michael Buble. I want to go home, that song. But I loved it. I just loved it. I loved everything about this. Because this is 2005, right? You yeah, said, 2005. Uh, yeah, right, 2005. I was a freshman in college. I think, this yeah. was. Or th- sophomore. This- this was Buble's era. I can't take it, it away from him. I can't take yeah. it away from him. Um, but there, you know, there is, for it being a fairly short movie, A, it, it starts immediately and doesn't give us like 10 minutes in the life of cat in in new york and there's a lot of backstory to fill us in on and i have to say i think this movie did an exceptional job of finding creative ways to squeeze all of the exposition in in ways that made sense i agree whether it's like holland taylor saying you know like oh jeffrey's gonna be there your ex but it wasn't you know it wasn't like club you over the head with it like or someone else is saying something or 
you know, or she's oh explaining my a, a, something to Nick. You know what I mean? Yes, like, it's a perfect way. Like a stranger coming into the situation, he has to ask questions, and it's perfect. Yes. Yeah, and I and and they kind of weave it throughout. I mean, like the the only the way we find out that she's hired somebody is like in the very beginning, there's like, she glances at a, a magazine article and then we don't even find out till like a half hour later that like, Oh, he was the subject of the article and she had a friend at the magazine and that's how she got his information. Like all of that, there's a lot of setup here and they could have done, they could have done a whole montage of cat looking for an escort and like having a series of nervous phone calls. And I wouldn't have hated all of this, but I was impressed. So there was like, no, let's start with the, the morning she's going to the airport to go to England for her sister's wedding. Yep. I love that too. Like we could have, you know, would have made room for another BSA like at her job or something like a, like a Deborah Joe Rupp character oh. or something, you know? Oh and my God. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, alas, we're we're off. She's off to the UK. Yeah, some part of the UK for this wedding. Well, you know, and it's funny. And this is like this. I think a lot of movies have been filmed here. But I was, I had noticed that particularly when they're at the chapel and kind of the little town that they're in towards the end of the movie. I was like, oh, this looks really familiar. It reminds me of this, like nineteen sixties, like cheapo little british sci-fi horror movie called the earth dies screaming and sure enough that's the exact same town and Whoa. so i was like what a weird coincidence and i'm sure there's lots of other movies but just the idea of like oh the location of the wedding day i know that from the earth dies screaming like it it just it made things who needs feel... chat gpt yeah who needs chat gpt <laughs> it thinks amy adams was in jag for god's sake oh my goodness that's that's great though that's so yeah. cool that you could like pull that out of your head I know, useless, absolutely useless information, <laughs> but I've got it. So, oh, gosh. Uh, so yeah, so all of that. Um, but indeed, you know, she she flies with Nick first class. You know, they have those. I was imagining they were going to be like, you know, the typical. He's in the middle seat, she's in the window seat, and there's a lot of like awkward, like that that typical shot of people in an airplane. But instead, they're like sort of catty corner next to each other in single seats. Yeah, it was interesting. And did I mean does she does she work for the airline or yes. what, was, what was going on there? And which I also loved. She's she, like I fly often and I just love the introduction of him. Like 3B. Hello 3B. It's in the trailer. Right, like they establish even like oh, she is the head of customer service for Virgin Atlantic at JFK. They show her at work for a little bit. Oh, like yeah. They, it's like when when she's like here check my bags and she like crawls under the counter to go like deal with the with the customer on the phone they squeezed all that into two minutes at most before she gets on the plane you know and then her little gay store you know flight att flight attendant friend says hello 3b and guess who's sitting in 3b but dermot himself <sighs> he is Again, I texted you. He's 42. He was 42 when he filmed this, which I think is the mm. hottest age. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just my own opinion, but maybe it's science. I just think a man has peaked at 42, I think. He's not young. He's not old. He's just perfectly ripe <laughs> for yes, the picking. Absolutely. And I, I cannot express to you folks like how sexy he is and like how quiet and sort of unassuming he is. Um, and it, it just like works, you know, he doesn't have to be anything more than that. And he brings so much to the, t to the table. When I, th and what they kind of show us really just with like one line in the movie, cause at one point, you know, later in the movie when they're all at like the bachelorette party and Kat says, Oh, it must be really great to make, you know, to be paid just to be yourself. And he says, who says I'm being myself. And, mm -hmm. and they kind of just leave it at that. And I thought, oh, that is an interesting way to watch this movie is like he is playing a character the whole time as well. You know, I think yep. I think that I appreciated like the recognition of like, oh, we we're all like this. We all have like a work persona. And then there's who we are when we're, you know, not at work. And this is his version of that. And like. It's just like more fully realized. Like I, I, there's a world where like Nick Mercer is not even his real name, you know? Oh, for sure. And I love the idea of, um, I think it happens at least twice in the movie where both Kat and Nick sort of 
tell people to their face, like, where did you find him? The Yellow Pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, sh- we know she didn't because she contacted that editor. But and then he flat out tells like Edward later, and he's like, I'm a I'm a hooker, and he's mm-hmm. you know because he's too drunk to know. Edward's too drunk to kind of remember it anyway and he, he you know it just works perfectly yeah and and I feel like they they validate it and they kind of put this lens on it of like I'm just here to you know uh it's about giving people what they need and like I feel like they they took kind of like you know I don't I mean I don't I wouldn't compare this necessarily to pretty woman except you know that some of the subject matter is the same but I feel like they're trying to take the like companionship part of escorting and like focus on that and the sex is kind of this like whole other thing that isn't necessarily requisite and i thought that was i thought they handled that pretty well without like trying to whitewash the fact that indeed like he is a sex worker yeah i i didn't think it was too heavy-handed the way that cat initially was nervous around him because you know i think anyone would be like how does this work so we just like get on a plane and go like mm-hmm. do we need a backstory and like the way you know the classic bit of like stop saying i'm sorry and she's like i'm sorry yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. perfect it's so good debbie's so good at playing like nervous and flustered and like there's this one moment though when they're on the plane and i can't remember the exact point of the, in the, of the conversation but she like turns and looks back at him and like gives him this smile and i think maybe she's maybe she's it's right after she tells him, you know how like some people have those families where they really get on your nerves, but like <clears throat> in the end you love them anyway. She's like, my family's not one of those. And I feel like right before, after she says that she gives him this big smile and I swooned for Kat and I thought, you know, yeah. and for Debbie. And I really think she took the baton from Meg Ryan in some ways and is, is such a perfect romantic comedy lead. She is like pitch perfect. Like, Eat your heart out, Julia Roberts. Like, I feel I she could have easily been cast in this role, too, by the mm-hmm. way. Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney back ag- together again. Oh, my back gosh. together it again. Been so perfect. But we got Debbie, and I'm so glad we did. We Yeah. I really think Debbie is the people's Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and I think we need to find more ways to talk about Debbie on this podcast. I really think I'll do a month of Debbie. Don't stop me. Don't try. <laughs> Mysteries of Laura, the pilot. Next, Yeah, week. done. Well, you know, there's yeah. one movie. I don't think I don't necessarily think that we should do this because I've heard it's terrible. But on the topic of Meg Ryan and Debbie Messing, they are both in a movie together. Oh, yeah. With. Rita too, maybe. No, did I make With, that up? Is it I believe you maybe I don't know if Rita's in this. It but it feels like she's in it, but it's the the remake of the women. Yes. Annette yeah. Benning is in it. We know her from twentieth century women. Yes. The movie was an hour and fifty six minutes. Um Carrie Fisher, who we love. Candace oh Bergen, who we love, Cloris Leachman, who we love. Debbie Mazar, who I think we would like. Anna oh, Gasteyer. Joanna Gleason. Whoa. Jada Pinkett Smith. Heard it's, I've heard it's terrible. Also, how fun would it have been to like, you know, even though we've already done this, to do a month of just like movies with the word women in it, like 20th, or not 20th century women, but like women talking, the women, little women, and what's another one? I don't know. Oh, um, women... Women. Oh well, there's there's woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown, but we already did that. Sure, and that was yeah, woman. Yeah. Well, you know what? I could look it up. Oh, in the land of women, Meg Ryan's there in that is. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could do an all women month. I know it's funny. What um, women want with oh, with there Mel and Helen? You love her, and we love Helen. Yeah. All right. So anyway, there is the women and the original, uh, the women from like the thirties is supposed to be very good, but it's also like, I don't know. I'm not dying to do the women on this podcast. Let me be honest with you. Yeah. I think I did the women on the no good, very bad gay actually. And it was fine. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't swoon nor, you know, stick my nose up at it. I was like, okay, I don't know if I got it. So it would be interesting, but I've, I mean that that list of women is pretty amazing. So we'll I we'll know. we'll stew on that. We'll mull it over. 
Well, it could be fun to also consider doing like a month of like movies that bombed, like a month of just like absolute disasters, you know? And so I think the women, I think it's fair to say that the women bombed. I do remember that. Um, Apparently it, uh, it had, oh no, it, it far surpassed its budget. So, you know, that's okay. You know, uh, according to, you know, bombed according to who, um, but anyway, uh, just something to consider a movie that is full of, of women that we love, but is apparently a bag of garbage. So, Ooh, that would be fun. The first thing that came to my mind is the, the remake of steel Magnolias with like, um, Queen Latifah, and I feel like Alfre Warder is in it too, but I heard it's terrible, but oh, some great women. Yeah. That's an interesting idea of like a month of remakes. Oh, yeah. I guess that's what we are getting at That's kind of what we're getting at. Yeah. All right. All, all right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we did Suspiria, and I do want to just acknowledge how proud I am of us that we did Suspiria. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Suspiria was great. Yeah. Also a remake. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, lots of ideas, lots of thoughts. Folks, let us know what is a remake full of best supporting ladies that you want us to talk about. Yeah, good or, or what bad, is it, I guess. Yeah. What is an awful movie that you want us that's full of ladies that you want us to talk about? Yes. We're open. So yeah. anyway, the wedding date. I also want to acknowledge because while we have best supporting Amy literally as Amy, we then get kind of like assistant to the BSA uh, cousin TJ played by Sarah Parrish. I love her. She is also in the holiday as right. well too. And basically playing the same character. She's a very, if they were to do like a remake of Ab Fab, she would be Patsy, you know? Yes, I could see that. And I, I, I saw on IMDb that she was in the holiday and I was like, dollars to donuts she's she's doing the exact same thing in that movie yep she's kate winslet's like co-worker and she's great mm-hmm. like she's fabulous in this too like my favorite line that she says is after like the like the girls night out she's like ladies that was a top night top night and she just like runs off into the, <laughs> into the yeah. sunset it was so funny i love when she like when she sees nick for the first time and she goes oh god i think i've just come uh, I know. I love it. It's a great my, line. That British accent made her sound like my my left foot over there. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christy! <laughs> oh, Christy! I've just come. <laughs> I need a chair for you, Christy. <laughs> there I it come. is. That, your Irish is better yeah. than your UK. That's yeah. Hard. Go figure, right? Go yeah. figure. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but you're right. I think she is. A, a nice little like ingredient to this like stew that just like we need it we need a TJ and yes. you know she's also um, because her and like Cat and Amy aren't necessarily close you need that sort of like wing woman and she also gives it to Jeffrey like right away and we also need you know you need a friend that's gonna guide you through the first time seeing your ex. Yeah, I I think that this is like a necessary energy in romantic comedies that we've. This month, I feel like we've we've seen like scoops of it with like Marie in When Harry Met Sally, and I feel like different Rosie. people, yeah. Rosie in Sleepless in Seattle, different folks in Looking, I think play elements of this. Um, sure, but this is like a again, I think like a classic Judy Greer kind of role, a Sarah Parrish role, if you will. You have to have mm-hmm. like the friend who is. A little bit. You have to have like the friend who's a little bit who's like a who's like a bad influence. You have to have like the wild child friend. Like I feel like it's always this weird dynamic in romantic comedies where like your lead can be this like very sensible kind of you know Diane Keaton Debbie Messing type, but then she's got this like you know uh, Sid and Nancy girlfriend that she's tight with, and I yes I love that. I love that. I I feel like yes. I whenever she that character shows up, I'm like oh good, oh you're here. Yeah, and I don't know what that, like, what you call that, because it's not an assistant. It is, in in a way, like, an assistant to the BSA, like you were saying, but it is, it's elevated and specific. So maybe, you know, we'll just remember, you know, she's a TJ. She's a TJ. Yeah. She's a Best Supporting Troublemaker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and and because I, I feel like, you know, it's funny, I feel like on IMDb, you know, the sort of... The, 
I, I'm very, I, I feel like this could be a sign of mental illness, but I'm always very fascinated by the, like, the billing of people in cast lists and like where sure. people fall. And so I feel like IMDb, it's like the, you know, the top two are Dermot and Debbie, obviously. And I'm almost thinking of it as like bows during a play at the end. Yes, 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 yes. You know, so it's like if you go like in, you know, it would be like first there'd be like all of the little extras and then there'd be like Kat's parents, you know, Holland Taylor and, and her father, Victor, played by Peter Egan, they would bow. And then TJ and Jeffrey would bow. And then oh, Jack and Amy would bow. And then Dermot would, you know, do a little bow, but then he would, you know, make the space for Debbie to have the final bow, obviously. Of course, yes. TJ might have like a fake cigarette on stage, you know. Uh huh. She'll, She'll do burn some. Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. She'll do some <laughs> funny little thing. And, you know, yeah, Jeffrey and, and TJ, they'll be the bows where it's like, just have fun with it. You guys just have fun with it. Oh, yeah. And there's, I, I feel like it's kind of a faux pas in, um, I've worked with a couple directors that do not love character bows. I don't mind it, but I see what they're saying. They're like, it's you. You are not the character anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, leave it behind. Like, just be a human and don't do anything crazy. Like, don't distract. But I would, I also love when a villain uh, bows as well, too. Um, Mm Because everyone, like, boos and, like, especially if he's extra smiley or she's extra smiley. Um, That's, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's an interesting debate of like, you know, like I've never seen Beetlejuice on Broadway, but it's that's just, that's the kind of show where it's like, okay, well, do you bow is Beetlejuice or do you bow is you know, Greg? That's true. Yeah, that's hard to shake that off. In yeah, like yeah. Thirty seconds. Yep. My favorite is when there's like a really sad play, and then if, during the bows, you see some of the actors wiping their tears away. Yeah, that is I'm when there. I'm in heaven. Yeah, it's called art. Oh, and you just and and there's always like sometimes like a knowing look or a hand squeeze, and I'm like, oh my god, oh I she love really, a hand squeeze. Yeah, she felt it tonight. She felt it tonight. <laughs> she was really channeling her. She was really channeling yeah. her, and there's like a little bit of extra gratitude in her eye. It's all just it's the it that's the true encore is that's the blending of the two. When you bow, don't be your character. Don't be off. Be you crying. Of course, yeah. I, I would imagine like Amy's, Amy Adams's last sh- like show. If this was a stage production, you know, like Ed, you know, Jack Davenport would squeeze her hand and she'd well up. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, she'd give him that look. Oh yeah. God. Oh, she's such a great crier. She's so great, and she gets to do some really great talking through tears in this movie. Yeah, I think you know. Um, spoiler alert ahead, folks. But we find out. I'd say within the you know the third act, second act of this movie, it's maybe even first act because it's so short. Um, that we f- that uh, I'm trying to get everyone's name right. So Jeffrey and Cat were together. They broke up because Amy slept with Jeffrey, and yeah, and it's such a clever little twist because um, Jeffrey talks to Nick unknowingly when they first got there that he's still in love with someone, but they're with someone else and we are led to believe that it's cat but really it's amy which yeah is, i loved it i gasped well and i liked that it, and it was sort of like later on when when he admits it to cat like i and and they didn't even make it a whole speech which it could have been but it was so much like face acting with debbie when it was like her realizing oh this whole time i've been trying to make you jealous and you don't even want me you still want her like you're not even looking like it was it it really was a great like again they had the runtime if they wanted to give cat like a a moment there but i appreciated the restraint of like no what if she just because then the way that they played it was so great i i love when she when she walks back out and she's holding the two wine bottles uh yes and then she's just like totally in a daze and then she just starts walking away in the rain and then she like drops one bottle and then the other and i was like debbie (laughs) Debbie. i know it's such a great choice because like another actress would have just taken both of them and Mm -hmm. started drinking immediately but she's too distraught it's very pride and prejudice in the rain oh yeah yeah i had the same thought it was a very pride and prejudice moment Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's because and she, she looks great all wet too. Oh, because yeah. it's like she, you know, first it's like Nick comforting her, but then, you know, she comes to realize like, oh, he already knew as well. It's like, oh, so you even knew and you didn't tell me. And it's, 
one of those moments. Yes. Oh. And you always have to have it in the, the rom-com um, equation, you know? Everything has to mm-hmm. go terrible. Oh, yeah. It creates that, that like, that wonderful tension of, like, oh, my God, go back to the church. Go back to the church. I oh. know. And I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you what. I don't know how they did it, but... It wraps up so beautifully too, and I know we're. I'm not. I'm jumping to the end, but not jumping at the end too. I guess it's it. it the way that Nick is able to talk to Edward and sort of just like, basically say like, yeah. He's like your friend fucked up, but you have to decide if you're still willing to. I guess pick up the pick up those pieces and work through it. You know, rather quickly because you got a wedding and like a whole bunch of people waiting for you. But you can deal with this if you love her enough. And, you know, clearly she loves you. Well, and, and you know, Edward is very different from how we saw him on Smash and much more similar to how we saw him in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, yeah. Where he was, I mean, truly one of my favorite supporting characters we've talked about this year is Jack Davenport and in, in, in so many of the people in The Talented Mr. Ripley. That movie, I think oh. we peaked. I think that's the best movie we'll ever talk about. Um, <laughs> it was so good, yeah. It was so good. It was so fucking good. Celia Weston was in it. But I, yeah. he's he is such a goosey goose in this. He's such a little sweetie dotty. And so I think they like, even though it is very much, you know, he's basically persuaded by a lifetime of makeup sex which is just depressing uh and he goes running back to amy i thought well that's edward for you he's a goosey goose so i don't mind it yeah he's kind of um to borrow a a line from Derek wills when he says are you doft <laughs> yes he's, like talking to, he's a little daft a little doft mm-hmm. he's, he's a little, a little daft bit, yeah he's but you know um I think he loves Amy. I think Amy knows that she did the wrong thing. And whether it's just the wedding that's like elevating those emotions or not, I like how it doesn't spoil the wedding. And best of all, Nick gets to be the new best man. I just like when he leaves, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping to the ending, but we could go back. I don't know why. We, I don't know how I got here. That's like, all right. Do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it was, it's lovely. Cause you think he's leaving. But he's like, I gotta go. I'm the best man now. And she just like starts to smile. I was like smiling right along with Debbie. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I mean, well, because the other nuance of all this, which I also thought was really smart, was it's the movie is mostly about him falling in love with her, not her yeah. falling in love with him. And I and I think that was it. You know, it's the kind of thing where it's like you go for the ride. Like the the, the moment of him like realizing he's in love with her. It's like. This this guy, I mean, he's a professional, and like, I just feel like, I, you know, like I had to stretch my my imagination a little bit of like, I mean, I not that you know an, an escort can't fall in love, but you kind of feel like it's like a chef who can't stop eating what he makes. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, you lose yeah. you lose taste for steak. You know what I mean? Or you just yeah, I get you only it. Only taste it. it to make sure you can sell it. You know, so true. I mean, one of the things that I was thinking of like after this movie is over or, you know, what does Nick and Kat's life look like? I mean, Kat still has to work at the, is Nick just going to get a job at like Hertz rent a car? Or right. And they commute <laughs> to JFK happen. together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I the, I don't know. I had the same thought because of course the end of the movie, because God forbid they extend this runtime any longer than 79 minutes. We just get, text conclusions over you know over each of the cast members dancing to, to michael buble and you know for nick it's you know and nick quit the business and took cat out on their first date and nick paid and yeah. i'm like well you better you better be careful with what you're paying with because like you need to get yourself on monster.com honey like <laughs> i i know i don't know and what maybe... you're gonna do I mean, we get like a, a glimpse of his like brownstone or wherever, whatever he lives in, in New York or some mm-hmm. city, right? And, you know, he feels, it seems like he's doing well, but we don't know. I, I mean, know. now as of today, he's on, he's, he's burning through savings, you know? It's not like there's residual checks. So <laughs> it, it really does raise, I mean, it's so funny that the one thing I would, I'd say that's an interesting connection with Sleepless in Seattle is it's, 
it's it's about what happens next that I think is even more interesting. But this movie is not about what happens next. This movie is not about breaking ground. This movie is not about taking you in ne- terribly new directions. This is about familiarity. This is about comforts. This is about like watching a movie on an airplane or you know what I mean? Or like this is like in 2005, like going to Applebee's and then go and see the wedding date. You know what I mean? Like this oh, is yeah. low stakes. This is low stakes. Yeah. I, oh my God. It's such a, such an airplane movie. Yeah. I, I think there's, there are two moments in the movie here that we have to talk about with Nick that just seal the deal of just like his sexiness, but also like how, what kind of like a, so I'll just stop describing them and talk about them. But the first is when he brought her coffee, stale crackers, an egg and cheese breakfast Sammy, and a Bloody Mary. Like, I didn't know what you wanted, so I brought you everything. And he gives it to her in bed. Mm. I I couldn't deal with it. I just thought it was too perfect. Oh, I mean, that's my love language. You know, acts of service, you know, yeah. in the form of food. Are you kidding me? Yes, I know surprising oh my gosh oh. i just th- i just thought it was so perfect and it's it's in the point of the movie where you don't know if he's like you you know he's starting to kind of fall for her a bit but it's also like i'm sure this is part of the nick mercer package you know what i mean like what's he got to do he's like i might as well just wake up and get her stuff like but it it feels genuine well, and that, and that is good. that's an interesting lens as well with this movie is like at what points is he doing the Nick Mercer package and at what points is this like the real Ernest, you know, whatever his name is in real life. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and there's even, you know, it's like when he when they first get to the house and I know you had another moment you want to talk about and I don't know. No, go for it. Yeah. But, you know, it's like when they first get to the house and then like he's just like getting undressed in front of her and taking a shower and he's like yeah it just comes with the package feel free to look and there was this part of me that felt like listen i'm gonna look you know i'm gonna look you know you don't have to tell me twice sometimes i only need to be told twice Susie banyan i only need to be told once but yes she clearly didn't want to look. And there was this part of me that was kind of like, I feel like if I were Nick, a professional escort, I'd be like, oh, am I making you uncomfortable? Sorry, let me not undress in front of you. And I'm not trying to be a prude because, again, I would look. But it was like the one moment where I was like, is this part of the Nick Mercer package where he like makes you look at his penis? <laughs> That's true. It is. It feels, I mean, it is obviously sexual. And again, I would look too. And he's wearing those, like, those, that white, un- like, he's, oh my God, he's so, but he, it didn't really feel necessary though, because they hadn't really discussed it. I think it was just something he just threw in there. You know what I mean? But I kind of, I mean, I would have loved that. Yeah. No, I, you know, when he needed his shampoo, it was like, you know, I, I can't, I can't get that little bottle of head and shoulders over to you fast enough, honey. I mean, oh. oh. Some of Debbie's best moments, you know, he's like, yep. can you hand me that shit? Shampoo, got it, you know, yep. and, and that's sort of like, I don't know, when I guess she sees his, like, when she, when I think he turns around when he's naked or something, and she says, that seems like a broad generalization, that uh-huh. sort of thing, that just, she nails it, she nails it. Even the little moment of her trying to hand him the shampoo on either side of the curtain, and they kept. Oh like, yeah, it, she she's so good at that stuff. I mean, like it makes me want to rewatch Will and Grace because especially that moment you're talking about where she where she goes, um, generalization. Ah, like that's such a yeah. Grace Adler moment. Yes, and I just I think it just makes me want to revisit in all of the ways, literally, mentally, emotionally, Will and Grace. Because I just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for some reason, it feels to me like, you know who of the four of them isn't getting enough recognition? Grace. It's Grace. And she's, and I think she was also um, the last of them to get her Emmy Award, too. She only got one. Yeah. I know that, um, I feel like Megan Mullally got two. Sean Hayes, I think, got two. I don't know if um, Eric McCormick only got one, but, you know, but you're right. There's always, it, it, she's like. She is not the Charlotte York of Will and Grace, but she kind of is. Yeah. And and, and I hate that because they're all great. They're all great. And listen, I'm just going to, I could, and I'm going to rewatch it. So I could be wrong about this. There is a part of me that's like, yeah, Karen Walker's 
funny, but it's kind of like Karen Walker walked so that Moira Rose impressions at brunch could run. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, that I can't say I'm blaming Megan Mullally. It's just, it's just a lot of gays in the early 2000s going, sweetie, honey, what is this? You know what I mean? It's like, don't, Mm -hmm. don't encourage them, Megan. Don't encourage them. <laughs> there, I just watched a clip on like TikTok or something. I don't know if you remember this episode, Will and Grace, but Grace is dating a guy that's like very like overtly um, uh, like physical and just lovey-dovey. And she wants him to be like, she wants him to like throw her around. Do you remember this? And he like at the end of the episode, he like kicks down the door of like I Grace's don't. office. And he's like, listen. He's like, I, I'm a nice guy, and if you don't like that, and, like, it's so hot. And he's, like, it's very, like, New Jersey sort of, like, construction worker guy. You'd be oh. so into him. Oh. And I think his name is Brad, and he's like, and you know whose fault this is? And he points to Kara, and he's like, it's you. And she goes, oh! <laughs> and it's really good. <laughs> and at the very end, he's, you know, he gives her this sort of ultimatum, and then, like, Grace is just standing there, and Karen's like, oh, Brad! And, um... Grace does this thing, and I don't know what to... It, it's almost like a Grace roar. Like, when she yells, it's really funny. She's like, mm-hmm. back off, lady. And then she, like, runs into his arms. It's so funny. Okay. I... This... Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm I'm going to I'm gonna rewatch some Will and Grace. This makes me feel excited. I think that's excited. a great idea. And I also... This is... I think we've talked about this before, like, different dynamics of, like, comedies together. But I love a Jack and Grace scene. I think they are, like, mm. an underestimated duo. Um, because yes. they get themselves in, into some antics and some yeah i i stand by that mm. oh that'll be fun oh that, and then and, and you know maybe i can find a bobby kind of valley episode i love him <gasps> oh there's so many oh god i i love this i think yeah that, and we should do some episodes like yeah we, right I think we can i think we can find some out yeah some right dramatic episodes too oh yeah i think that i think we need to find a great dramatic will and grace episode where they have that big fight. Yeah, we need to do that's the episode where they have I mean, a big fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, uh, that's another month we could do of like very special episode uh, episodes. Yep. The bottle episode month, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> there's one, there's an episode um, of the, the reboot of One Day at a Time with Rita. Oh, and yeah, there is an episode right. where her character's in the hospital and then... Uh, yeah, you assigned me that too. Yes, me. and she, yes, her Justine daughter Machado. Machado has that incredible monologue. Oh, oh, oh. I could do a whole episode on that. And then we could do the, the goiter episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. it's. I remember watching that, and I was like, this is so serious. Yeah. And like, we all sat around. Ugh, oh, so my good. God. Yeah, we should do some very special episodes where we get to really see the, see some. I mean, the Golden Girls, I'll tell you, has got some. Oh, the chalk full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when when Rose gets her HIV test, that one's full of gold. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've even seen it. I've oh, not seen that one. That's a great episode. Yeah, Blanche has a great moment in that. So, um, but anyway, all of that to say, that's the future, and this is the now and the wedding date. Uh. You know, we've there's a couple of things I want to just mention that I that I loved about this. Um, one, I don't know if I love this, but I feel like there are. We saw this in Sleepless in Seattle. We may have seen it in this movie. I remember seeing it in Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. But you cannot have somebody arriving in New York without an aerial shot over the Queensboro Bridge of their taxi driving into Manhattan. You just can't. It's a requirement. Yep. yep. It has to happen. Uh, you also can't have a movie from the 90s or the 2000s that doesn't have the song Boogie Shoes on the soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like one big Toyota commercial. <laughs> yeah, I know. A Ford Focus commercial. A Ford, yeah, it's it's down payment on a Ford Focus commercial. Um, oh, I just thought of this. I don't. I don't know if you remember it, but it's. It was after like the hen's night, the girls' night, and it's right before she goes to the ATM. This is Cat, mm-hmm. and she's getting out of the limo, and she gets stuck with that seatbelt. Did you remember that? No. It's like the tiniest moment. It is so funny, 
It's like Kat gets out, but she like somehow loops her in it. But like it's around like her midsection, like her torso. And she like just tries to get out. And she's just like, she's just like limbs. It is so fucking funny. I was like, God damn it. Deborah Messing. She's done it. She's done it. And, you know, I got to say, like, we really we really feasted like kings. We got to see like. Amy and Debbie hanging out the sunroof of a limo, just <gasps> being drunk and like. <laughs> One of my favorite parts. I'm like these two women. Yeah, uh, they were like, they were like those uh, like what are they called? Like uh, those inflatable things outside a car dealership. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like flapping in the wind. It was so Ugh. great, and I was like, we love them, and look at them drunk hanging out of a limo like this. We have been gifted because before that, earlier at the at the the hens night, that's where we start to get some of Amy's best drunk acting when her hair is kind of messy, and yes. she and she's just like there. There's just some like some Debbie Miller and hysterical blindness there. Now I've referenced hysterical blindness and 20th century women this episode. I've got my quota. But there is a little bit of Debbie Miller, and you know, and she has that line of like, "I shouldn't be allowed to get married," you know, and like it's. Oh, Amy is so fucking good in this. And then she just kind of like sniffles and then she's like, all right. And then she goes and does a shot with TJ. Yeah. The the Ashley, you know, use your head. She, you know, the Ashley yeah. from Junebug comes out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's, she really is great. And, and I totally forgot about that twist, too. It had been so long. The first time I saw this, I think my friend Jordan from college, she was like, you have to. You, you have to see this movie because it was one of those like I'd never seen it before, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that was the last time I saw this movie. I mean, so there was, you know, I knew some broad strokes, but I, I totally forgot all of that stuff. And I was just so pleased that Amy really got to do her thing. She did. And and with, you know, Ms. Messing, who we love because they get those scenes. And then there's the, you know, the confrontation scene later when, um you know, when, when Debbie's like, you know, don't worry, tomorrow at your wedding, I'll smile and act like everything's <gasps> fine, but I'm not going <sighs> to pretend it's all right, you know, right now. And then there's this great close-up of Kat, and I'm just like, ugh, ugh. Like, first we get them hanging out of a, a, a sunroof, now we get them fighting in a bridal suite. So it's much. It's so perfect. It's just like, you know, and, and there's stepsisters yes mark? yes okay. she's victor's daughter because i think at one point amy's like i you know i know you're my stepsister but i whole love you or something like that yeah or you're only my half sister I, yeah yes i i will say too um victor played by peter egan i just thought he was so lovely and like a really great stepdad energy in this movie and i don't know how else to describe it but i i really enjoyed his scenes with her I feel like the very sort of calm, understanding dad character, I feel like is a staple of those Hallmark romance movies. Like he's like the nice understanding dad in the Christmas Hallmark movie that like, you know, come on, why don't we, uh, why don't we chop some wood and, you know, oh, oh what are you doing, Mr. Miller? Oh, I was just going through these decorations. What What's on your mind, sweetheart? Yep. Like and sitting on a stoop. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I feel like I have seen this like calm, understanding dad character. I think in another world, like Tracy Letts would be great in a role like this. Oh, Queen Tracy. I Queen mean. Tracy. Yeah, I and and this is not to say I know we have only said her name maybe once or twice, but Holland Taylor is in in this movie playing a great Holland Taylor type role. She plays Bunny, and mm -hmm. anyone I feel like Bunny is the equivalent of a Karen. You know what I mean? And like yeah. the, like the eighty and up, or maybe like seventy and up uh, bracket, uh, because I immediately think of you know Sex in the City. Um, but I, I thought she was great and I th thought she was absolutely vile in her toast, but otherwise like pretty likable and charming. Yeah. I mean, this is like a classic Holland Taylor role. I feel like mm -hmm. if Holland, you know, if she and Sarah are on vacation or whatever, like Christine Bransky could fill in for this role, like <laughs> yes, no yes, problem. Yes. And then if Christine Bransky's not available, you get Wendy Malick, obviously, you know, of course, um, of course. But I, you know, Holland Taylor, I feel like the moment I see her in the cast and I see that her name is Bunny, I'm like, oh, okay. I know how you're going to yeah, be. I'm I know, yeah, I'm on board. I know exactly what you're going to do. And your first scene, you're going to have a martini in your hand. Like, I know exactly what I'm signing up for with, with a, you know, eighth build Holland Taylor. 
Yeah, I think it's everything she needed to be. And I know we had high hopes for Aunt B, played by Helen Lindsay. She had a, you know, a, a typical Aunt B type of scene at the very beginning. I think she's the first woman really to bump into Kat and Nick. And, you know, she kind of goes like, oh, boy, and that's it. <laughs> you know, yeah, she, it's yeah. fine. One scene, and I don't know if she's supposed to be, like, Bunny's sister, because I feel like Aunt B looks like if you locked Holland Taylor in the dryer. So, like... Oh, yeah, yes, that's true. (laughs) She definitely looked like she had been on 20 minutes of tumble dry. But, yeah, one scene. She's literally in the movie for 90 seconds. Yep. I mean... More of the cores. Yeah. (laughs) More of the... I I think we got the whole song, really. I was jamming to that song. I was like, oh, yeah. It was so perfect. That song, you know, there's there's beats of that song, and I can't quite explain it, but there's there's a world where you could mash up Breathless and That Don't Impress Me Much. They both do some similar things sure. in the middle. It, there was something that it reminded me of, too, and of course, I, I will never remember it, but um, it, it does sound like like a Frankenstein type of song where like, but in itself too is a really great song. Like I was in that. I feel like that was the montage montage song at the beginning too. like Queensboro bridge. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, as soon as uh, uh, that's one of those songs, like the, the first note I'm like, yes. And then it's dick a dick a Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah, I know. And it just—it's just like I feel like I'm—I'm I'm watching the opening of Family Matters. I'm like, oh, I'm settling in for a number here. Yeah, it sounds like a great. Honestly, it'd be a great uh, like wedding dance song. Like I would like freak out if that one came on. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know. Keon, if you're listening, all he needs is a ring and a DJ. <laughs> yes, leave me breathless. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I'm looking through my notes. I feel like, you know what? The other thing I want to say about this movie is that I and I realize why now um, I I think for a very long time, I put the wedding date and the movie leap year in the same shoebox. Uh, easily yep another amy adams classic i know my my friend nikki from high school really loves that movie she named because i think the guy's name the lead in that is name his name in the movie is declan and she named her first her oldest son declan because of that movie she loves it oh but yeah similar vibes that was one of the the I was I was almost a Declan. Instead, I'm a Colin. <gasps> no way. Yeah, I could have been a Declan. Yeah, very Irish. Very Irish. Yeah, and that's, that's the why thing. You're of, so good at that dialect. God. That's why. Oh, Christy. <laughs> oh, Christy with your tiny, tiny potatoes. Um, <laughs> and your left foot. No, now you're I'm all don't... feckin' boring. You're all feckin' boring. Oh man, <laughs> I am so far from the Emerald Island right now, but yes. but that is so yes, Leapier is from 2010 and is set in Dublin and stars Amy Adams and the wedding date is from 2005 and co-stars Amy Adams and is set in England. And so obviously yep. same difference. They're the same movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and then the only other thing I wanted to just mention, you know, we had kind of talked about like wedding themed movies and again we've done a ton of wedding themed movies we love wedding movies on this podcast mm. and you know what i remember loving that i think could be a lot of fun to talk about on this podcast have you ever seen the movie with sandra bullock called the proposal no oh with betty white with betty ryan white and ryan yeah. reynolds adorable in this right like Forget those Mint Mobile commercials. He's so cute back in back in whenever that movie came out. Uh, and and Mary Steenburgen, who you love. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Best supporting actress winner, Mary Steenburgen. Go I know figure. she's a bunny. Even though I know she's great in real life, we've talked about it before too. I just I immediately think of her on Thirty Rock, and I want to vomit. I don't know. Oh, I know. That's where I, I go. She has a surprisingly good episode of What's the Tea. Oh. It's surprisingly okay. good. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, we, I mean, listen, she's no Andy McDowell, so let's just, you know, keep it in perspective. Sure. At sure. least she's not Andy McDowell, you know? Um, I don't know. I might take Andy. Get, no. <laughs> Go no. on. Get. Go get. 
you gonna get? Someone hasn't seen Multiplicity. Oh my gosh, I was obsessed with that movie when we were, my brother and I like rented it like every weekend and I can't remember anything about it. And of course it does not hold up because one of the twins is supposed to be like, you know, disabled in some way. But as kids, we thought it was like such a funny movie. Oh, I forgot about that detail that like one of his multiplicities is like, I think it's like the fourth one or something. Yeah. Oh, is he like mentally? Yeah. It's it's something we're led to believe that I guess too. It's like a, just kind of has like a little bit of a lisp but you know andy anyway yeah. andy's the real problem in that movie yeah <laughs> yeah she's oh, the worst marco is laying on my soundboard so if you don't hear me let me know <laughs> all right um anyway anyway did you have any other you know uh does anyone have what's that thing they say to the, the audiences in a in a wedding um does anyone have any objections before oh yeah yes i marry speak these now two? or forever hold your peace yes so you know speak now or forever hold your peace on the wedding date you know it's funny because like we're just hitting we're coming up on an hour here i thought we would i i when i watched this i was like oh my god i have so many things to say but i think we were just just like this movie we were so excited to talk about it. We covered everything. And I feel I feel pretty good. I mean, I would just say that Deborah Messing, we need to find something for her. We need to bring her back into the culture. Yeah. Honestly, same with Amy. It's been a minute since yeah. I've... I don't know. She's kind of floating around for me. And of course, she's still working. But I, I need something for her. Well, and now it's like, obviously, with the strikes, anything that she was in production with, there is something called Night Bitch that's in post-production that she's apparently a part of. Do you know anything about Night Bitch? No, it reminds me of Bitch Hunter on 30 Rock. <laughs> I the, know. The yeah. yeah. Oh, apparently Mary Holland is in it. So we love that. <gasps> love Mary. Here's yes. the description. Okay. It's a comedy fantasy horror. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, and it was written and directed by Marielle Heller. Wasn't she the one from uh, the Queen's Gambit that everybody loved? <gasps> yes. Yeah. And, and you didn't our, love her. And I didn't. Okay. And I didn't. I know. I felt very left out on that that wave. But Night Bitch is uh, an artist who pauses her career to be a stay-at-home mom, seeks a new chapter in her life, and encounters just that when her nightly routine takes a surreal turn and her maternal instincts begin to manifest in canine form. She turns into a dog, a night bitch. What is happening? That truly sounds like a 30 Rock. Like I know. I know. Oh, my God. So who knows? You know, who knows what will happen? But that's that's what Amy's got going on. Um, All right. Well, we still love her. Obviously. We still love her. You know, she's no Andy McDowell. Um, yeah. You know, the last thing I want to say is just, you know, a- another special mention to Best Supporting TJ. I thought she was so funny in that dance class dancing by herself. <gasps> Thank you for bringing that up. I thought that was that she was working overtime in that scene. And I was like, how dare you not give her like at least make the instructor like a fabulous gay man that she can dance with, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I and I I think it's also worth mentioning that I thought it was a perfect way for Nick and Kat to sort of make up during that because they're sort of like grumpy and they have to dance together. But it's it, you know, the Michael Bublé is flowing and it, mm-hmm. we didn't even need dialogue. It just worked. It reminded me again a little bit of that when Harry met Sally moment when they're fighting and then he just Ugh, hugs her. Can I say you something? Know? I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. I just love that. I love interesting resolutions. And yep, uh, that was a really sweet moment. So This screenplay um, is one of the better like rom-com screenplays I've, I think I've come across. I think it's smart and the casting is perfect. Everyone yeah. should go watch this movie. It's on Hulu, Netflix. So here's the funny thing. As we're putting this out, because when <gasps> the movie ended, Netflix was like, oh, the wedding date is leaving Netflix on August 1st. So you better no. hurry up, folks. All right. Yeah. TikTok. TikTok. Otherwise, you're going to have to watch it in 20 parts on TikTok. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll act yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just you lip syncing the whole thing. Yeah. To the wig shop. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm hearing some familiar chords. Yeah. Some montage music. Yeah. We got more chords than an apple farm because we are getting played off. Ah, great music. Yeah, it is great music. I hope we don't get, like, shut down by, like, their, you know, 
label. Um, the whole thing just gets shut down. They just turn the lights off on our podcast. That's what happens. You've seen it just like that. You do one thing, they'll just shut down oh a podcast. Oh, my Lord. Yep. Are you still watching? I'm caught up. Okay, I think I'm one behind, so maybe we can talk about that on the Best Morning After Show. We'll a talk little bit, but not too much. You not know, it too much. Deserve that much. Yeah, we and all know ju- it's garbage. And just a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, and just a bit. And just a bit. Uh, but uh, in just a bit, we'll get to that. In the meantime, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick. How about you? Well, All Stars 8 is over, so go on. Leave me breathless. Uh, So leave me dragless. So we're going to do a few different things on All Right, Mary, this summer. Take a little break ski from drag and uh, yeah, maybe do some movies and some other fun things on Patreon. So if you want to hear me not talk about Drag Race, then you've got another option to do that on All Right, Mary. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at ColinDrucker underscore, and you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSAPod. Or you can send us an email at TheBSAPod at gmail.com. And uh, I hope your peepers said I do, because we've Ooh. got, you know, just behind this veil, we've got the best supporting after show. Uh, where we will be continuing the conversation. We will be catching up on a little bit of it just like that. We'll be catching up on a very fun book I've been listening to on tape. And I feel like you might have some interesting viewing updates from a a weekend of watching TV, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm caught up on a lot of stuff. Um, So I'm excited. I'm very excited. Well, folks, if you're excited and you want to be even more excited, and you want to get early access to episodes just like this, you can join us at patreon.com slash bsapod. $5 a month. You get an extra episode every single week, and you get these episodes a day early. Well, that's certainly less than a down payment on a Ford Focus. I mean, my God, it's barely, <laughs> you know, a Ford Fiesta, for God's sake. That's right. It's a um, party. It is. It's a Fiesta. So, uh, all right, folks, uh, it's time for us to get into two pre-owned lease toilet cells named Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of here. So that's what we're going to do. And that, as they say, <laughs> is that. <laughs> I was like, fine, I'll pick it up. <laughs> no, I didn't know it was <laughs> I know, I didn't give you any room. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>